Proverbs chapter 10 with me. Last week we examined returning to the truth, uh, confronting the problem of truth-telling within our culture and how we're conditioned from an early age to be deceptive and how we fall into that. We, we saw clearly what the Word of God teaches about the truth and about lying. And this week the Lord led me to talk about being a person of integrity, being a person of integrity. Integrity is a valuable character trait. Uh, that reflects the alignment between our words and our actions. It's not a spiritual gift, but it's the result of self-discipline and our decision to obey God's Word in all situations. You see, taking shortcut to achieve success or dreams it may seem tempting, but true integrity requires us to be committed, to stay committed to God's commands, to walk in obedience to what His Word tells us to do. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 9, we see a very powerful, compelling little verse. It says this, He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. Tonight, I want us to look at four elements of integrity that it's important for us to understand if all of us are to be people of integrity. Let's pray together and let's let God speak to us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this verse. Lord, we thank you for how you're going to challenge us tonight to be people of integrity. God, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, Amen. The Hebrew word in our text translated integrity, it can mean moral innocence or simplicity. Webster defines it as this, adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, and honesty. You see, integrity is the ability for the person to ensure that their words align with their actions, regardless of the circumstances or the people involved. The word integrity comes from the Latin root meaning whole or complete suggesting that it encompasses the entirety of the person, the entirety of their character. Would you agree that it's imperative for Christians, people of faith, to demonstrate with our lives that God governs our being, that God is in control of us? Being a Christian, listen church, is not just about attending a service. It's not just about uh, preaching or serving. It's about living under God's authority. The Christian life is about obeying His Word in every situation, regardless of our own intellect, how we feel. It's obeying God's Word and developing our spiritual lives. A great example we have in the Old Testament of integrity is Daniel. Y'all may remember his story well. In Daniel chapter 6, at verse 1, we read this, It seems good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them, and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. 
Then the commissioners and satraps began to try, trying to find ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs. But they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against Daniel unless we find it against him with regarding the law of his God. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the high, the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for thirty days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the law and the injunction. Now, how does Daniel respond? Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. See, integrity is remaining steadfast no matter the pressure. No matter how much life squeezes you, no matter what stress you find yourself under, integrity is staying the course. It's being faithful. It's being committed. Daniel was committed. Even though he knew it may mean his life, he was committed. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, you read the account of another man of integrity. We often don't think about this individual. In fact, when you think about 2 Samuel 11, your mind may go to King David, a man after God's own heart, but we know that King David sinned. I referenced this briefly last week, and we know he tried to cover his sin up. The man of integrity I'm talking about is Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, who was so committed and faithful to his men, he refused to enjoy the comforts of home while his fellow soldiers were fighting. He slept at the entrance to the palace with the king's servants, demonstrating his commitment. We know later on David tries again to get him to sleep with his wife, getting him drunk. But he remained steadfast. He refused. He was a man of character. We've seen the definition of integrity, but I want you to notice, secondly, the description of integrity. Integrity is an all-encompassing trait. It cannot be selective. It can, it's not merely about being honest or, allowing or following societal norms. You see, being a man of integrity, a lady of integrity, is consistently acting in accordance with our beliefs and values. A person of integrity is not wishy-washy, flip-flopping all over the place. Notice the attributes of a person of integrity. We see the first attribute is wholeness. A person of integrity is complete and consistent in their behavior. You see, they don't display different personas depending on uh, the situation or the people involved. They are the same person whether it's in public or private or whatever crowd they're in. A person of integrity is consistent. In Proverbs 11, verse 3, you can look over there, your turn to Proverbs 10. It says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. An attribute of a person of integrity is wholeness. But secondly, there's another attribute is spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Integrity requires a level of in, uh, maturity that enables individuals to act in the best possible manner in all 
circumstances. You see, people of integrity are trustworthy. They're reliable. And they share their wisdom with other people. They pour into and invest in the lives of other people. The third attribute is a person of integrity is trustworthy. They are trustworthy. A person of integrity is someone who can be relied upon because their actions align with their words. Hey, do you believe tonight that somebody's actions should, should uh, confirm what they believe? Their behavior should confirm their belief. A person of integrity is known by their actions aligning with their words. They are known for their honesty and dependability. Now, I want to say something right here that, that really, as I was studying this, it occurred to me that this is true. Let's not miss, when we're thinking about integrity, honesty, actions aligning with words, let's not miss uh, those closest to us. Because it's important for us not to neglect the people closest to us in this instance. Because I believe at times we nonchalantly uh, treat our families in ways, and maybe our spouse and our kids in ways that we would not even treat a stranger. We'll say things to our spouse or to our kids that we don't follow up with, but man, if it's a stranger or somebody else, we are sure to follow through with what we have told someone else. It's important for us in the home to be sure we do what we say we are going to do. Trustworthiness. Consistency is another attribute of integrity. Individuals with integrity, they have a single-minded focus and maintain a consistent perspective that guides their lives in the right direction. They exhibit constancy in their thoughts, their emotions, and their will. Another attribute is faithfulness and loyalty. People of integrity are committed to their convictions, and they remain loyal to them. They are faithful to God, their relationships, and their responsibilities. Look, they live by their faith, not how they feel. Person of integrity. Obedience is another attribute. Individuals with integrity have a heart of obedience. See, they do not seek to please themselves. They strive to follow God's commands. Even when it goes against their desires, their emotions, the flesh that likes to rear its ugly uh, uh, head in our lives. And it goes against, the person of integrity goes against what popular culture embraces. Daniel being an example. He stood against the degree of the king and still spent his time in devotion toward God. The last attribute I'm going to mention of integrity is discipline. People of integrity possess self-discipline, which allows them to stay committed to their values and make choices that align with their beliefs. They're willing to endure hardships and challenges for the sake of doing what is right. Y'all remember the names Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? These young men that were so committed to doing what was right, even if it meant their lives. No matter the hardships, the person of integrity is committed to doing what's right. That's the description of integrity. We've seen the definition, but notice number three tonight, the delight of integrity. I want you to see the delight of integrity. Living a life of integrity brings numerous blessings to us. See, one of the blessings it brings is it enables us to live life as an example. When we live with integrity, our lives become a testimony to other people. Our actions speak louder than our words. 
people grow in their trust and in their respect. Our integrity can influence and inspire others to follow our example, but ultimately follow Christ. Now I want to stop here and say this. Can I ask you, does a person of integrity have enemies? Of course they do. How do we know that? Well, Jesus is the ultimate example of a man of integrity, but he had a lot of enemies. The Apostle Paul was consistently attacked. He's another one who had uh, lived a life of integrity after finding Christ, but he had his enemies. The other apostles as well. But I like something my dad would always tell us growing up, and I've, I've lived with this in my adult life. You always remember as you seek to live a life of integrity, doing what's right, honoring God, being obedient to His Word, no matter what the culture does, and look, no matter what the church does. You and Jesus are the majority. You and Jesus are the majority. Titus 2, 7 and 8 says this, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. In 1 Peter 3, here's what the Apostle Peter said in verse 13. He said, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, he says, You are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation. And do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Listen to me. You do what's right. You honor God with your life. You seek to be obedient to the word. And as we see the apostles and the, uh, the apostle Paul, the other apostles, Jesus, as they encountered enemies, you live your life for the glory of Christ. You be gentle. You be reverent. You be loving. You be compassionate. You do what's right. Peter says, your opponents will be put to shame. We don't have to defend. You live your life with integrity and character. You honor God and let Him handle those who oppose you. Look, one blessing, it enables us to live as an example. Can I ask you tonight, you know, no show of hands, but I'm sure if we were to ask for a show of hands, I believe everybody in here, you would say, I want to be a good example. I want to live as a good example of my family, my kids, my grandkids, my friends, my, those I work. I want to be a good example. I look, the way we're a good example, the way we experience the blessing of seeing our lives impact this life is to live lives of integrity. That's the delight of integrity. The second blessing is this, is it strengthens us spiritually. We live lives of integrity. It not only enables us to be an example, but it strengthens us. Acting in integrity, it strengthens our spiritual selves, our spiritual person. When we align ourselves with God's Word, our lives with His Word, character grows. And we become more resilient in the face of temptations and challenges. Psalms 41, 11, and 12 says this, I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Look, the delight of integrity is that it enables me to be an example. 
my life to be used for the glory of God. It strengthens me spiritually. It builds character. It helps me grow to where I can face temptation and the challenges of life with strength and resolve. But notice number four tonight, the development of integrity. We've seen the definition, the description, the delight, but now notice the development of integrity. You see, to live with integrity, for every person in this room to commit to a life of integrity, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So let's stop and ask a question. Everybody listen to me. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to control you today? Have you sought the Spirit's control today? Have you submitted to His leading and His will? You see, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that works in us that helps us and enables us to live lives of integrity. How do we develop integrity? First thing is this, we surrender. We surrender. You say, you know what, I want to live a life of integrity. I want to be a man or a woman of integrity. The first step in doing that, the first step in living life that way is to surrender. Allow God to remove anything in your life that hinders integrity. Negative behaviors, habits, relationships. You have to ask the question. What is attacking my integrity? What is hindering me? What's holding me back in life? And surrender that to the Lord. In Psalms 1, 1 through 3, it says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Scoffers, literally, those who mock individuals who are doing what's right. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Hey, look, there are three thoughts from that passage that will really help us. The voices, you've heard them before. The voices in your life affect the choices in your life. What you delight in will determine your direction. You mark it down. Look, in your success, your prosperity is dependent on where you're planted. And he says, look, if your delight is in the law of the Lord, you meditate day and night, you're going to be firmly planted. You're always going to be next to the life-giving resources you need to live life and to honor God. Look, the first step in living a life of integrity is surrender. Hey, the second step is this, and this is, we struggle with this. This can be difficult for most of us, but it's embrace change. Embrace change. See, change is difficult. It can be painful. But following Jesus, everybody listen to me, it's a life. It's about changing. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus. See, Jesus didn't save you to stay the same. Because if, he, if you stayed the same, you'd go to hell. Amen? He saved you to make you a new creation. Because in your condition, you were lost, you were hopeless. So the, a life in Christ is a life of continual change. You know, so we have to ask, am I growing in Christ? Am I changing and becoming more like Him? See, we have to be open to the transformation that God wants to bring into our lives. Let Him replace old patterns with new patterns that reflect His character. In 2 Peter 3.18, Peter, with this charge, he says, look, but grow. Look, stop here. Does the word grow when Peter says that, but grow, does that imply change? Of course it does. He says, but grow 
in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, embrace change. Look, how do we become a person of integrity? We surrender. We embrace change. The third thing is this, is we seek guidance. We surround ourselves with people who can counsel us and guide us, mentors, spiritual leaders, who can help us navigate difficult decisions in this life who we know will lead us in the truth, who we know is going to look to the Word of God and give us the direction we need. Solomon said in the multitude of counselors, there's what? Somebody help me out. Y'all know that verse. In the multitude of counselors, there's what? There's safety. There's safety. Have you ever made a bad decision before that you just didn't seek any counsel for and you just kind of really messed up? You should have sought counsel. I know I have. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. See, today, here's what happens. You know, and I, I sometimes can pick on my generation and younger. But young people, y'all listen to me because this is going to help some of you. And it may help some older folks, too. But today, there's a lot of young people, there's a lot of people in general who choose to seek counsel from those that will affirm them or agree with them. Am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth. They want to seek counsel from those that will affirm them or agree with them. In my 20s, I did that quite a bit. I would go out and I would seek to find somebody who would agree with me, who would affirm the decision that I wanted to make. I would seek affirmation rather than direction. Now that I've gotten a little older, I see the importance of seeking out individual and counsel from godly individuals who are not afraid to tell me the truth, and sometimes directly. Sometimes bluntly. Look, in my life as I've gotten older, this has kept me safe many, many times when somebody would tell me the truth. See, we seek guidance. The fourth thing is this, is we cultivate discipline. If we are to live a life of integrity, we are to cultivate discipline. Develop self-discipline to stay committed to God's commands and make choices that align with His Word. Make choices that line up with what God says in His Word. Self-discipline implies work, and some don't like that. And for some, self-discipline is triggering. It, makes them, it gets them offended. I like what Harold Vaughn said. He said, in many circumstances, we do not need deliverance. We need discipline. We don't need deliverance. We need discipline. Now, can I ask you, how's your Bible reading going? How's your time with God going each day? Now, I'm going to tell you something, Just let's just be honest. None of us have an excuse to not read the Bible. Is that true? None of us. Young people, you don't have an excuse not to read the Bible. Not when we spend hours and hours on our phones and all kinds of other stuff that's, that, that does not grow us in our life of faith. We can read the Bible. We don't have an excuse. Maybe you need to sacrifice some time in the morning and get up about 30 minutes earlier. To read the Bible. Maybe you need to spend time with the Lord before you go to bed. Maybe that just works better with your life and your circumstances. Maybe that's what you need to do. But we need to be in the Word of God each day because ultimately that is the foundation, surrendering to Him, letting Him build in us integrity so we can live lives that reflect His glory. Look, integrity is a valuable character trait that reflects the alignment between our words and our actions. It is not something that we can selectively apply. It requires consistency in all aspects of our lives. 
Living with integrity brings delight to our lives by enabling us to live in as, a, as an example and to, uh, and to help us and strengthen us spiritually. I challenge everybody here tonight to live lives of integrity, to be a person that's consistent. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and transform you to be people that honor God in everything you do. Proverbs 21.3 says, To do what is right and just is more acceptable than sacrifice. Hebrews 13.18 says, Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. If that's your prayer tonight, I invite you to stand as we pray this evening. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would help us this evening to live lives of integrity. God, I pray that you would enable us to walk in your truth, Lord, and live for your glory. God, forgive us when we allow the distractions of this life, the enticement of sin, Lord, to cause us to send mixed signals to a world that's watching us, to our families that watches us, to our kids and our grandkids. God, help us to live our lives honorable in every way. And God, we know we can only do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. So God, use us for your glory. Help our church to be known as a church that has Christians that are a part of that body who live their lives with integrity. We love you tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Ken Sherrill if he would to close us in prayer.